I'm Chelsea. I'm Deidre. And this, oh my gosh, beep. <laughs> and this, oh my beep. <laughs> Try again. And we're giving you a million murders. Hey guys, new. Oh, hey girl. Okay, so jumping on in mm-hmm. on the bandwagon, all. So I've had this case typed up for a while now. Yes. And I forgetted about it. Yes. Because I've we've been doing extras and stuff. Long story short, I was like, oh my gosh. So today I'm going to be doing the White House farm murder. And some of you may have heard this. Yes. But for those of you who have not, buckle your seatbelts. Uh-uh. Because we're going for a ride. <laughs> so today, we're going to be talking about multiple dark murders of family. And it's a UK murder. Yeah. So we have any UK fans out there? Holla. And we don't mean University of Kentucky. No. We mean the United like, Kingdom. Yeah, yes. So, you know, I was like, some people may have heard this, you know, and to be honest, I hadn't heard it until I researched on it. I've heard. I don't remember how I stumbled upon it, though. I've heard of it, but I've, I don't know anything about I it and i was like huh. so excited well hbo max came out with a series on this last year uh-huh. called the murders at white house farm mm-hmm. so i'm very excited to start that yeah after you know researching this and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this one this is one of those cases that kind of seems obvious at first but the more you think about it and the more you find things out you start to question things. Mm. So it's going to be one of those series. The series is going to be like a highly addictive thing. Like. Yeah. A binger. You just, yeah. You yeah. want to come back for more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it yet because like I said, first time. So if y'all have heard about this case, but didn't know about that, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And if you have heard about it and you have seen it, you can email us and let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you think about it. Let us know what you thought about, about it. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into this case. So, okay, so this case takes place in Essex, England. Did I say mm-hmm. it right? Yeah. Oh, I did it. In 1985. Oh, I don't know why I was... Because I don't know anything about it. It's okay. really not like if you think about it, which I mean, we were born. That's thirty five years ago. Thirty six. It's not that long ago. No, I thought it was everybody's like from always, like the eighteen hundreds or nineteen hundreds. Oh no, everybody's always like. Well, I mean, nineteen hundreds. Nineteen eighty. That was so long ago. Like, no, it no, wasn't. No, it sit, wasn't. Sit down. So, <laughs> <laughs> the family that we're going to be talking about today is the Bamber family. I'm hopefully I'm saying that right. So the parents in this case are June and Neville Bamber. They got married in 1949 in a Christian church. Oh, okay. And they're both very religious, especially June. 
And Neville was described as a very strong, manly type of man. And he's known as easygoing, nice, down-to-earth, pretty pretty good person overall. And he's very well-respected in the community. Okay. What? Oh, every time. So, (laughs) after June and Neville got married, they wanted to have kids, but they quickly realized that they were not able to. Oh, no. So, this is why they decided to adopt, and they actually adopted two kids, which is great. Right. Adoption is good. It sucks that they couldn't have their own. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. They got to give two kids a home, so. So, oh, they adopted two kids, a boy and a girl. And they were really young when they were adopted, and they were not biologically related either. They were just two two separate boy and girl kids. Okay. So, they were very excited to have kids, and they named them Sheila and Jeremy. When they first had their kids, they lived in a pretty small house, and they decided eventually to upgrade mm-hmm. so that they would have a little bit more space. And so this is when they moved into a house that June's father had previously owned. And it was a pretty big house. It was on. It was like over 300 acres of land. Oh. It was a very classic-looking red brick house with white trim. Sounds so pretty. Yeah. And in the area, this was known as White House Farm. Okay. So, so it was just known as that. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was known. Because it's like, they described what the house looked like, and it's like, White House, White House Farm. That's just what, that's just what they, it was known for to right. be called. I guess it was just the white trim, I don't know. And in the area, this was known as, oh, I just said that. <laughs> the family owned a company called OC Road Campsites. It's O-S-E-A. I don't know if that's the correct Oh, say can you see? Pronunciation. So if it's not, we apologize. Yeah. Especially me because I'm the one doing it, but. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, Jude and Neville. And if you, if we pronounce anything wrong, you're more than welcome to. Yes, to let us know. We like some people in the UK do listen to us. Do they? I think so. Okay, UK listeners. Sorry for our British accents that we do sometimes. We're not making fun of you. (laughs) I wish I could be British. I I love the accent. I I I love accent. Yeah. Oh, Everybody's probably like, you got an accent. <laughs> like, I can't help it. <laughs> but, yeah, so if we're saying anything wrong, just, I mean, we don't care to let us know so we can pronounce it right, if you will. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Oh, so they own that company, OC Road Campsites. So Judah never wanted the absolute best for Sheila and Jeremy growing up. Mm-hmm. As do all parents. And they sent Sheila to a bunch of different private schools, making sure she's got the best education possible. Then after high school, she actually went to sec- secretarial school okay. to be a secretary, which I didn't know that was a thing. I, I didn't know. I went for that. I did not know that was a thing. I was uh-huh. like, oh, interesting. Yes. I don't know if I'm just living under a rock or if that's like really... No, it was, like, antiquated by the time we... Was it? Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was interesting. I was like, huh. So, Jeremy also attended private school, but he was he was eventually having a lot of behavioral issues. 
and he was always, you know, getting into trouble. He wasn't well-liked by many people, and he didn't have many friends. He was just a big prankster. Okay. So, I guess it was, like, prankster as far as, like, too much pester, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Getting on everybody's nerves. Uh Uh-huh. Just Ugh. out here. You're going to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. What he going to do today? <laughs> <laughs> what he got up his sleeve today? Like, Ugh. What? What? <laughs> so his family really hated this because, for example, what he loved to do to his own mother, which I thought this was kind of sad. Yeah. Because she was terrified of rats, he would put a bunch of baby rats into his pocket and then force her to put her hand in and not let her take it out. I thought that was mean. Like, why would you do that to That's me? That's awful. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Let me um, bring a snake and put it in my pocket and make my mom, I bet she's going to get her hand out and she's going to knock me out with it. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Yeah. Jeremy. So she'd be touching, like, all these baby rats. And oh, no. It would freak her out, which obviously, I mean, she's got to. Yeah. And he'd also ride his bike around her in circles really fast and would really freak her out and bother her for a little bit. I'm like, I'm going to send your butt off somewhere because you acting a fool. <laughs> you better quit. You better. Yeah, I was like, I cannot believe. Like, why is he being so ratchet? To his own, to his mama. Like, I'm your mother. Like, I'm she took mother. you in. She, you know, like. Anyway, yeah. so they decided he kind of needed to be whipped into shape a little bit, mm-hmm. and they sent him off to boarding school. Yep, yep. This was really upsetting, upsetting to Jeremy. I mean, I can <laughs> see why. Yeah. He really did not have a good experience at boarding schools, and he felt like he was being bullied and mistreated by teachers even. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like I said before, he wasn't really that good at making friends. And plus, you know, knowing he's adopted... Feeling like he's not wanted, and yeah. they're just they're not belonging. Feel like anyway. he's being thrown, you know. Yeah. You know, children found out that he was adopted, and they made fun of him for that. And he was apparently known as, sorry for the language, the bastard. Oh. Which is really sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do they? How would they even know? I don't know. You don't know. He, they found out somehow. They found out he was adopted. Yeah, but that's not what. That's like if. You can feel well, like a legitimate marriage. Like, you don't... They wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? I'm like, why would you call him mm-hmm. that? I mean, I guess maybe it's an also a thing for adoption, or they're just saying it because they're like, we know I mean, that's why you were given away. But you don't know that. Maybe her husband died. Maybe his mother's husband died, and she couldn't take care of him. So she put him up for adoption. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, he was feeling pretty... Abandoned by his parents, you know, being sent off to boarding school. This was after he was already adopted. So, like I said, yeah. the unwanted and all that. And he was unsure where he belonged. And so he was really angry about that, and which is understandable. Like, I get that. But it's like, bruh, like, stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's not right. Yeah, please stop. So he was really angry, da-da-da, said that. Not only was that there's serious bullying against him at school, but there's also reports that he could have been trigger warning. Sexually assaulted while at school. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So we don't really know if that's true or not, which I hope not. But a lot of sketchy things happen at these kinds of boarding schools. Yeah. That I've heard. Like, I've heard stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually Jeremy made it through and he decided to go to college. After he was done with college, he came back in 1982 and lived at his his parents' house again. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was pretty set up when he came back home because his dad bought him a nice cottage. It was right down the road from the house, the White House farm. So he was close to his family, and they also gave him a car. No. And because he was given all these things, it was agreed upon that he would be working at the family farm for their company, OC Row Campsites. (laughs) (laughs) Not only were they generous in hooking up his whole life, they actually gave him 8% of their company. Oh. So needless to say, Jeremy, I mean, he had it pretty good. You know? Yeah. He was doing pretty good. Well, from the outside looking in, his family looked like the perfect family. Perfect kids. Perfect house. Christians. Honor of this company. Well off. Perfect life, right? Right. But... <laughs> This is what it looks like. <laughs> but this ain't what it is. In reality, <laughs> in reality, Jeremy's mother, June, was really struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. It's going to get crazy. It, it gets crazy. Because oh, it's like, Lord. why are you doing that to your mama? But then it's like, well, yeah, that's oh, the, no. that's the, June, June. June. June now, you're acting a fool. Oh, June and Jeremy, just the J's. <laughs> giving us trouble. I did not think about that. The, the two J's. J's just giving them trouble. On two separate occasions, 1980, or shoot, 1955 <laughs> and 1958, June was submitted into a psychiatric hospital. And keep in mind, mm-hmm. at this time, mental health was not well accepted. No. Or as well understood. No. As it is today. Mm-mm. So, while at the hospital, she was treated with something called electroshock therapy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of you know what that is. If not, it's... You can explain it, Adrian. You explain <laughs> stuff better. <laughs> yeah, it's where they would literally... Shock your Shock brain. you, like... To try to get some kind of change in your, like, brain activity and your behavioral health and it's awful and it would leave people mentally scarred and damaged Mm -hmm. forever like it was it's bad and i think it's still practiced a little bit i think it i think it is for certain things not as yeah yeah not as much it's not as extremely used yeah this is like lobotomy time this is like conversion therapy time this is you know and it's, I literally was like, explain it, Deidre. And I had it typed out. I can't. I was like, well, how'd I do? Well, <laughs> it's when electric currents are sent through the brain, which initially triggers a small seizure. And the idea behind this procedure is to reset the brain's wiring and chemistry. So yeah, you got it. Okay. I just had like words that... Oh, it made you think like you trigger gonna... seizures, chemistry. Okay. Yeah, you did good. Yay. I don't. I don't trust myself. I never trust. Just trust. Never, never trust myself. You got to believe in gotta yourself. Gotta believe in yourself. Like I 
Ew. You haven't seen The Wiz. I'm going to have to watch The Wiz. This dude in the mower. He's messing literally up my just standing here on his phone with the push mower on. Ratchet. Okay. But yeah, you, you explained it good. Okay. So, June was really depressed because she was having a lot of issues with her kids. Mm-hmm. Like I said, June was really religious. Right. To the point where she was kind of seeing the world as good and evil. Mm-hmm. And anyone who wasn't religious to her was considered to be bad. Okay. So it's like... If you're not a Christian, ex- you're just evil. It's the extra, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which we're not going to get into that, so. Right. <laughs> she felt like her kids weren't really good Christians. Oh, That's Lord. Okay, say. John List. Oh, here we go. At this time, Sheila had just gotten done working in the modeling industry. The okay. daughter. Mm-hmm. June really did not like that. I know. Showing off she her body. She upon that career. Yes. And then there's Jeremy. <laughs> Which, bless his heart. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty much hanging at home, working on the farm. Like, I don't know if he was, like, legit working on the farm or he was acting like he's working on the farm. I don't know what he was doing. He was pocketing all the rats so he can torment her. Yeah, either way, he was stressing her out. Like, (laughs) he's here all the time. My daughter. But they were, like, working on the farm. (laughs) But guess what he was actually farming? What? Cannabis. What? Yeah. The sticky icky back in the uh-huh. day? Oh, wait. I keep thinking. This is 1985. This is not 1885, teacher. Okay, anyway. Oh, still. I was like, yeah. Like, still. <laughs> I was like, the sticky icky back in the day? <laughs> Jeremy was growing ago? the green and June <laughs> did not like this. Oh, you. Lord. So, I'm assuming that that's not what the farm was for. Right. I'm sure that the Christians were not Because whenever I first heard that, I was like, now, June, honey, boo-boo, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, okay. Talking about this and that, and then you won't grow cannabis on your farm. But that's not what it was. It was him. He was doing it, I guess, for his own good. Yeah. On the sweet, ooh, we do it. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeremy was growing the green, and Mm. she didn't like it. Yeah, no, of course she didn't. Tore up about it. Can I get some good good? Yeah, I'm like, here, take this. Give me some of that green. <laughs> Talk about money, y'all. Y'all bad. Oh, my God. June had really pushed religion hard on the on the kids growing up. Really hard and was very strict on it, which you can kind of see, knowing that, it's like you can kind of see where the behavioral issues come from. Because, I mean, you know, you can't force stuff. For, Forceful stuff is not, it don't work. Yeah. Especially in this kind of, yeah, like, religious Not, not with thing. Jeremy. Like religious don't, you can't be forcing that stuff on nobody. No. So, it kind of backfired on her, so <laughs> the relationship so. was not good. I'd say so, got a weed farm. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was unexpected, apparently. <laughs> June was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, especially June and Sheila, like, they had a terrible relationship. Oh, terrible. Lord. A lot of the times, June would even call her. This is awful. Oh, And no. I was like, I oh. cannot believe that you would say this about your child, but she did. June would even call her the devil's child. <gasps> Good Lord. Like, how are you going to... 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. She's the model. Meanwhile, Jeremy's growing the cannabis farm and you what, what's he called? Is he the devil? I don't know. I don't know. Good Lord. I guess because he's getting high, he with Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> How's this work? <laughs> what's his name? Well, one thing that Jean really did not like is that she got pregnant at 17 before she was married. Bless her, bless her, bless her. She's before she was married. So, you know. Yeah. That just ain't good. All the circumstances. That just ain't good up in the the religious home. Yeah. Sorry, I gotta clean my glasses and I can't see the screen, so I can't really read right now, but (laughs) I'm putting them back on now, so we're good. Oh, wait, I missed a spot. Okay. Oh, shoot. Okay, so June thought that it would be best for their reputation. Reputation. Reputations if Sheila got an abortion, which she was normally completely against publicly. So, in the public eye, oh my god, no, abortion that is just killing a child, don't you ever? But, but behind closed doors, making her child get an abortion to keep the shame, shame Mm -hmm. and guilt. So, they had to keep it that a secret, and that was a big turning point for June and Sheila. Sheila never trusted June again after that, and vice versa. This is horrible. Yeah, it's sad. In May of 1977, Sheila actually married the guy who she had originally gotten pregnant with. Mm -hmm. They decided that they wanted to start a family as soon as they got married. And it took them a few tries, but eventually they got pregnant with twins. So it's like... Mm -hmm. They were forced to do this the last time. So it's like they and got. And it's like they wanted them. It's sad when you think about it. Like they immediately wanted to start a family. Like that was sad. Yeah. So the twin boys were named Daniel and Nicholas. Hmm. However, only five months after the babies were born, Sheila found out. This is so sad. That Colin, her husband, or whatever. Yeah, they got married. I was about to say. Her husband had a side hoe. No. A side hoe. That he'd been secretly hooking up with their entire marriage. (gasps) The whole time. No. Oh, God. He at the office saying the valve in the bathroom banging the hoe. Like, (laughs) the whole time. Oh, God. No. I felt so bad for her. I was like. She's just been through it her whole entire life. Just everybody's just. Everybody pooping on her. Yeah. Mama. The yeah. daddy's just chill. Like, he ain't done nothing. He's just sitting back. <laughs> yeah, I ain't heard nothing bad about Neville yet. Neville drinking just... coffee, eating his, his biscuits, whatever. Like, love you, kids. Love y'all. Y'all hung the moon and stars. Devil child. Disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So, that ended. <laughs> yeah. Which, good for her, because yeah. a lot of people yeah. can't seem to... A lot of people feel stuck. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. Everybody should know their worth. Yes. So, over time, Sheila became very depressed. So, in 1993, she went to the same doctor that treated her mother. His name was Dr. Hugh Ferguson. Hmm. And so, Dr. H- Dr. Ferguson ended up admitting her to a psychiatric hospital, just like her mom. And while she was there, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Schizo, excuse me. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Schizoaffective disorder. 
Okay. Don't know what that is. I feel, I think it's on the same spectrum as like schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. I figured as much, but. But. You know, sometimes words be looking the same and they're like, oh no, that's completely different. (laughs) Actually. I was like, but you, I mean, you would think with this being my case and like me researching stuff, not knowing what that is, I should have researched it, but I didn't. A mental health condition including schizophrenia and mood disorder symptoms. Uh-huh. Such as depression or bipolar disorder. And you know what's funny? I swear if it's in here somewhere, I'm going to die. Oh, what? This? Yeah. <laughs> the next sentence. <laughs> no, it ain't the next sentence. <laughs> but after spending even more time with her and looking over her test results, Dr. Ferguson decided to change this to paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. And interestingly enough, Sheila was struggling with some of the same things that her mom was. Mm-hmm. Just like her mother, she was calling her kids the devil's children. She was doing that. Like, so she took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like she's becoming her. Yeah, like taking this learned behavior and uh-huh. applying it into her and own I forgot children's that, I forgot that this happened until just now. Like, oh, I forgot that you did that. Dang. So, yeah, she's calling her kids the devil's children. And not only did she want to end her own life, y'all, no. she talked about wanting to end the lives of her children because she believed that they were possessed. Oh, no. Okay. Well, you know, I, at first I was like, these doctors are just misdiagnosing people, but... Kind of sounds like... It's starting to sound like maybe she is. This is... Nail on the head. This is interesting though because hit this the is kind of like nail. hit the nail on the head, hit the nail on the head, hit the nail on the head. Yeah, this is interesting though because this kind of is like a nature versus nurture type thing yeah. where even the, she's starting to exhibit the same behaviors and having to go to the mental mm-hmm. health facilities for the same things, but she's adopted. So yeah. this is like a nature thing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, not a nature, a nurture, nurture. thing, not a nature thing. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's some it's psychological like, things going on here. This case has education. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. Somebody, I'll be, I'm teaching. I don't even know anything about it. Look at you. <laughs> Just teaching. Tutor. Tutelage. Well, she also told the doctor that she believes she could convince her kids to kill other kids. What? Girl. Yes. Oh, Lord. This is getting out of hand. Quickly. Daniel, Nicholas, you were going over and kill that kid. Like, what? Yes. I was like, uh-uh. Well, eventually the doc cleared her. Why? I don't know. <laughs> okay. And she was released from the hospital in September of 1983. Okay. okay. So she was put on an antipsychotic drug, and she did continue to see Dr. Ferguson mm-hmm. on a regular basis, which, that's okay. good. Yeah. Well, however, she eventually suffered with psych psychotic episodes and it ended up back in the mental hospital mm-hmm. she was there for about a month before they decided that she was good again and then that discharged her mm-hmm. but this time because she was struggling so much with mental health they decided to remove her kids from her which you would think would have already been done after <laughs> she said the mentioning they were the them? devil's children and that she called or that she convinced them to kill other kids i mean but yeah I mean, what do we know? We're just chilling, right? Right. Like, we don't know nothing. <laughs> and nothing. But eventually they did decide that they were going to stay at their dad's. 
So August 4th of 1985, Sheila decided that she was going to take her kids to see her parents and Jeremy back at the farm. Her brother Jeremy. Yeah. The kids were excited to see their grandparents, and apparently Sheila was excited to see her parents and Jeremy. Well, it's been a while. Okay. Well, even though there was a little tension with her mom, they were trying to work through it at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, according to the house families, or, my lord, I, <laughs> I put, according to the house family housekeeper, instead of according to the family housekeeper. Oh, <laughs> to the house family housekeeper. So, according to the family housekeeper, when Sheila arrived, nothing seemed out of the ordinary with her or the boys, and everyone seemed happy and, you know, excited to be there. Well, two days later, on August 6th, they all went over to the house to have a family dinner. So, this is Jeremy, Sheila, the two boys, and mm-hmm. Neville, in June. Okay. Well, at some point during the dinner, Neville and June suggested to Sheila that she put the boys into daytime foster care. Okay. I'm not sure if this was, like, actually foster care. This was, like, daycare. Like, only in the daytime? Or if it was, like, daycare, like, daycare. Like, yeah, like... I'm not sure exactly what they meant, like they but it seemed s- to upset Sheila, so I don't... Maybe maybe someone is actually doing all the taking, like, all the caring for mm-hmm. them, and then I tried they just come back and, like, find go nothing. to bed. I tried Googling, could not find nothing. I didn't know if, like, back in the day... Which, that's really not that long ago. I don't see why that would have been, like... Yeah. That's just how they... Which, this is in the UK, so it could have um, been... I didn't even think about looking it up like that. They could have just called daycare, foster, daytime care. Daytime foster care. Yeah. But... I don't know. I tried looking it. Couldn't I find anything. Oh, okay. So, there's something called short break... Or shared care, foster parenting in the UK, and it covers a variety of different types of part-time care. Short break carers, carers, I almost said, short break carers might have a child to stay for anything from a few hours each week to a couple of weekends each month, giving their own family or full-time foster carers a break. Like, see, that would be something that, okay, before I get on, let me just stay off my soapbox, but like. That could be something very beneficial for people. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if that's something we have here in I America. Yeah, I mean, I've never I've heard never of it. I've never heard yeah. of it. It's funny because I was like, well, this wasn't the UK. I didn't even think about that when I was researching it. Because oh. I was like trying to find like, what is yeah, this Yeah, you ain't going to find it, it over here. didn't there. find nothing. Yeah. I was like, well, but I've just being Chelsea, you know. Stop it. The usual. <laughs> well, that seemed to it said... That seemed to upset her a little bit. And so Jeremy said that Sheila thought it was kind of offensive and weird and wasn't really into it. Yeah. After dinner around 9.30 p.m., Jeremy went back to his little college down the road. And about the same time, the secretary called Neville. His sec- Neville's secretary called him and talked to him for a little bit. Uh-huh. I'm not sure why she was calling this late, but they talked. Um, now, according to the secretary, whose name was Barbara, Barbara B. Barb. Jer- 
Barbara. <laughs> she thought that Neville was a little preoccupied and seemed a little agitated and off when she talked to him. And she also said that it had sounded like there could have been like an argument happening in the house, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at one point, Neville just suddenly hung up on her. She oh. thought that this was really weird because she was because it was super unlike him. Yeah. And he wasn't the type to just get flustered like that or just hang up on people. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, I mean, he Neville was... chill. He was chill, like Neville back. Longbottom was chill. He's nice. He was a... What was it to the community? He was a... Oh, Buttercup. I can't remember. But anyways, everybody liked him. He's a well-liked like well liked yeah. in the community. Yeah, well-known <laughs> in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well-liked, well-known, everything. Uh, and he was very polite, so she automatically thought something was off. It was just kind of weird. Yeah. So then about 30 minutes later, June's sister, Pamela, called her, and they talked, you know, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even Sheila hopped on, talked to her for a little bit, talked to her aunt. And according to Pamela, Sheila was acting a little bit off as well. But in the early hours of the next morning of August 7th at about like 3.30 a.m., Jeremy had got a call from his father, Neville, that his sister had gone berserk with a gun. Oh. And according to Jeremy, after a few minutes on the call, it just kind of cut out. Like it just... Oh, snap. Yeah. So Jeremy decided to call the police. And instead of calling emergency dispatch, he called the non-emergency number. Just the police department. Like, I don't... I don't... I don't know... I don't know why he did that. No, I wonder what it is over there. I don't know. I feel like one one nine. Well, there's something like a one one. Yeah, something somewhere else. Or nine nine nine. Nine nine nine. Yeah, nine nine nine. Nine nine. Well, when he did get a hold of the police, they told him to go ahead and head to the farm, and that they would meet him there. And mm-hmm. driving there, they saw Jeremy driving weirdly slow. So it's like absurdly. Did I say that right? Absurdly? Mm-hmm. Absurdly slow. For someone whose father just said that their sister just got just went berserk with a gun. Yeah. And hung up. And this was a short drive. He just, like, I mean, he just lived down the road. Yeah. So by the time the police were getting there, they already got behind him. Yeah. Like, Oh, no. So, around 5, everyone gets to the house, and instead of entering the house, the police decided to wait two hours outside the house. For what? They ended up getting out a megaphone and, like, screaming into the house, asking if anybody was there. Mm -mm. Uh, No one was responding. (laughs) Right. Because they were probably dead, I guess, with... What he said that his sister had a gun, like yeah, why are you that or they're asleep, and he just lied. I don't know, who knows? Which obviously y'all know. I mean, I guess you don't want to go in guns blazing if someone's saying that there's, but like, you know, if someone has a gun, you don't want to just rush up in there, right? Yeah, you want to be cautious and stuff. But two hours, like sitting there for two hours, I don't understand what good that would have done. And then the megaphone comes out. Yeah. So for some reason, they didn't want to enter the house right away, which understandable you don't want to do that when you know someone has a gun 
But two hours ain't right away. That's like, no. No one ever said anything from the inside of the house. So why not slowly start to, you know, it was completely silent. All they could hear was a dog barking. And the dog's barking for some reason, so maybe let's go check it out. Okay. And you would think, you would think, which glad it didn't happen, but you would think that if someone was active in the house with a gun and the dog just kept on, kept on barking, you'd think they'd just be like, shut up, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so that's all, like, it was silent and a dog barking. No one was saying nothing. So during this time... Jeremy talked to the police outside and told them that they had a normal family dinner and that everything was fine. Uh, He also told them about the call that he got from his dad. And right right away, he brought up that strange comment that his parents had made to his sister about foster care, uh, how that, that really upset her. He also mentioned to them that his sister was mentally ill, Mm -hmm. but that everything seemed fine after he had left the house. Um, another detail he, that he mentioned to the police at the last second before they went into the house, he told them that he had left his gun at his parents' house on the counter loaded with ammo sitting right next to it. Mm. So we have a possible family fight or disagreement. We have a loaded gun. We have a mentally ill person. Well, two, if you want to get technical. Yeah. The mama. Yeah. So the police are already starting to think that they have the picture pretty much figured out. Yeah. So I think I want to stop here because this is going to be a two-parter. And I'm on page eight of 16, so I'm at the half point. Part two. So we get a part two. Yay. Yay. I don't think, have we had an episode where we've done part two yet? Mm-mm. I don't think Not so. Not on this one. So, stay tuned. Mm. Stay, stay, mm. stay tuned. Hey, hey. I'm going to go ahead and type it right here. Part two. Part two. Mm. Mm. But yes, so, I'm going to stop there. The police, you know, pretty much had a picture figured out. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to stop. They think they know what's going down. They think they know down. what's going on. They think they know what's going down up and down. But I'm excited for y'all to come back and listen for more because it's going to be so good. Yes, I'm excited to hear more and I'm not even going to look anything up. I'm just going to wait. No, you ain't. I'm going to wait for it. I hope you guys don't either because Mm. Mm -hmm. I'd be really sad, which I mean. Yeah. Don't tell us if you do. I won't. Yeah, don't tell us if you do. Don't tell anybody. So yeah, (laughs) that's part one of the White House Farm Murders. Mm. Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> very, this very is good. interesting. This is, it it is makes very you wonder what they find when they walk in. Yeah. Dum, 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 da, 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 da. I thought that's what you were starting. <laughs> this year. <laughs> Did you say this year? No, this year. Like that ice gold Michelle fight for that white gold. Mm-mm. Hey. The shoulder. Straight masterpiece. <laughs> Straight masterpiece. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> no. Oh, Masterpieces. Styling. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Sorry I left you on a, what is it, cliff, cliffhanger? Yeah, cliffhanger. 
I'm not sorry. I'm glad I did. <laughs> the suspense is killing Whoa. me. All right, well, I guess we'll wrap it up then. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was like, oh, make sure you visit so, us. So, <laughs> make sure you go to amelianmurders at gmail.com if you'd like to comment, request, chit-chat, have you not. Yes. Also, go to our Instagram at amelianmurders so that you can see pictures of the places, things, the people. Yes. For each episode. And then also, <laughs> also go to our Facebook group, A Million Murders, and join that for kind of, you know, just, we can have a little community there. We've got some people in there. We don't really have any discussions or anything going on. We yeah, we're still trying to like figure we haven't done out much like with it yet. what to do with that. But, you know, just like us. And then that gives you a portal to our link on Spotify, at least. Uh, and so, if you don't like us and you don't want to follow us and you don't want to subscribe, you just listen. We don't care. Do what you do, girl. Yeah, it's all right. Boy. Whoever you are. Yeah. Boy, we, girl, we they, back whoever. Here. We do we do what we want. Y'all can do what y'all want. Yeah. But we would love for you to follow and like. Yes. Yay. We love you guys. Thank you for everybody who subscribes to us and listens to us. And we everybody. appreciate you all. Yes. We have fun. We do. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope you come back for a a million million more. more. Bye. 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 (laughs) Come here. It's like a new thing.